In this second episode of Impact Talk, we look at how Oxfam has supported citizens' voice within a context of conflict and fragility, focusing on the safe integration of women in the Afghan police force. While women still only make up a small percentage of the police, their total number has risen from 164 women in 2005 to 4,070 women in 2020. Welcome to Impact Talk from the Impact Measurement and Knowledge Team at Oxfam Novib. I'm Lisanne Heckman. And I'm Patrick Geyer. And we're your hosts for this four-part series exploring the impacts, challenges, and learnings from the last five years of Oxfam's work on raising citizens' voice. This series focuses on what we're learning from the program towards a worldwide influencing network that Oxfam Novib has led in a strategic partnership with the Center for Research on Multinational Corporations and the Dutch Ministry of Foreign Affairs. So, Patrick, we're talking about the role of the police in society in this episode. What are some of the things that you think about when we talk about policing in the, this year, 2020? Well, I think back to the Black Lives Matter protests in the U.S. and around the world earlier this year, or also more recently protests that we've heard about in Nigeria against police violence there. And I think what this really boils down to is uh, questioning and thinking about the legitimacy of police forces in society and how we can help them become more representative of the communities they serve and also more responsive to the needs of those communities. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think it's quite a complicated topic. And that's, of course, also the case in Afghanistan, a country in conflict since 1978. Um, but we also see that not only Oxfam, but also local Afghan organizations uh, that keep working on integrating women in the national police force. And to talk about why this is so important, I spoke to Washma Froch. She is the founding director of the Women and Peace Studies Organization in Afghanistan. And I also spoke to Jorit Kaminga, who is policy lead inclusive peace and security here at Oxfam Novib. So Washma, why is integrating women in the national police force so important? The whole idea was to bring in the women's perspective and engage women into the peace process. And accepting that Afghanistan is a country that's actually, that has been going in, you know, going on with conflict for so many years. And the women have been missing from a lot of these discussions. So we started this organization as an attempt to engage women into the peace process. And when we started, you know, working locally with local communities on identifying how do we address the conflict, one of the, you know, um, ways that we actually, you know, heard from local communities was that we need to bring in more community engagement into the police sector. Yodit, why did Oxfam get involved with projects that want to integrate Afghan women in the police force? At the time, we thought it would be very good to focus on the protection of women. So the entry point, in a way, was not really the protection of uh, police women or the integration of women in the police. It was much more about the protection of Afghan women in general. And the assumption was that uh, for, for those women to be protected, you also need women in the police, because at least they have then uh, another uh, woman to go to, which in the, in the Afghan culture is much easier for women to, to report, for example, an incident uh, with a fellow uh, woman. So where Oxfam stressed the protection of Afghan women civilians, WPSO, albeit related, have more of a focus on the role that police women can play in communities. You know, it opened up the doors of the police stations for communities, literally. What we learned, for example, from the 
our, um, you know, modeling times, like this was 2000, um, you know, 12 and 10, where we modeled this um, idea in some of the districts and we realized how much, you know, the level of crime were going down. Because what happened is that when female police started engaging with communities, communities started sharing about, you know, their um, security challenges, the female police, what, because it's easy for a woman to enter a family house. A male police would never be able to enter a house. So women in the women police were able to enter homes, to talk to people, you know, address, identify the threats that are there and for the community. So it started actually dealing with the level of crimes. And I remember how much the level of girls going to school, the numbers of girls going to school increased because of the crimes. So all that kind of contributed to this initiative of engaging people with the police and uh, bringing in women because women are seen as less threatening, less militarized in the community's eyes. However, Washma and Yodet both explained that the reality for Afghan police women is a harsh one. We found a lot of uh, institutional and cultural barriers within the police, but also within society. And I think that is uh, still the case. Uh, I think we have seen some improvement over the last 10 years that, that Oxfam has been working on this with partner organizations. Um, but we very much see still a lot of resistance um, that w families, for example, are not allowing their, uh, their daughters to join the police. So, Patrick, I think hearing about the risks that Afghan police women take to do their job left quite an impression on me. Um, and if you remember, while we were preparing the podcast, we actually came across a just-released news article about a policewoman in Afghanistan that had been attacked and had been left blind as a result. Yeah, I, I feel the same way, Lisona. And also, it uh, made a big impression on me hearing Washma tell us that just in the week before we spoke with her, uh, that a policewoman in Afghanistan had been killed in a targeted attack. Yeah, I think that really brings home how risky it is for women to take on a job like this. And on top of that, they also face challenges within the police force itself. We, uh, WPSO and Oxfam did an assessment of the female um, you know, police um, in 2018. And this assessment was an interview with over 120 women and the police from different parts of the country. <laughs> and, you know, many, many uh, scary stories of uh, sexual abuse came forward. You know, many um, examples of, for example, sexism, gender-based discrimination, for example, um, you know, lack of opportunities for women, lack of inclusion in decision-making. Those have been very much, you know, the kind of um, highlights of that report. For this reason, there was a shift from a focus on campaigning for women's participation in the police towards long-term programming to also increase their safety. For example, by trying to normalize the role of women in the police in society. Oxfam, uh, with our main partner organization, the Women and Peace Studies Organization, WPSO, has been working a lot on awareness raising. So we have gone out uh, to communities where we have done various uh, activities, for example, also involving theater, um, storytelling, 
and, and, and other activities to basically uh, increase awareness about the need for police women, but also work towards the normalization of women in the police. I asked Jordan how Oxfam strikes a balance between encouraging participation of women and their safety, knowing that women face considerable restrictions and dangers when they do join the police. We basically have to uh, strike a difficult balance in which you don't want to send women in harm's way by joining the police. Uh, but at the same time, you need to slowly build up the critical mass within the police uh, to make sure that you have enough women that are able to also challenge the current harassment and the current policies that are still not fully implemented within the police in terms of protection and integration. So, Patrick, on a critical note, we know that from the beginning, at least from Oxfam's side, there was very much a focus on campaigning for women to join the police. But we also know that there are a lot of risks involved for those women. Would you think that in the beginning, Oxfam didn't pay enough attention to those risks? Well, Lisanna, it's clear from what we're hearing that this is a very risky thing for women to undertake. But we've also seen that more than 4,000 women have made the decision themselves to take up positions in the police force. And I think we've also heard from our guests that Oxfam and partners have taken steps to try to do what they can to minimize the risks that women face in doing so. Yeah, that's what I'm hearing too. Uh, and I also asked Washma how to balance participation and safety. And she said the following. You know, like we have, there's no balance. Uh, very, to be very honest, you know, they know that this is, this is job is going to actually, you know, be very difficult for them, life-threatening for some. One uh, solution or maybe one way that the government has been trying to deal with the insecurity has been that to put women in areas which are like less, uh, you know, militarized and where there is less kind of insurgency. So in the, in the you know, for this, uh, the safety or protection of public places, for example, or as search officers, as um, you know, family response units, for example, um, the very much criminal investigations and also in the support positions. So the government has been trying to put in women mostly in those kind of, you know, human resources, operations, logistics, those kind of, uh, you know, functions to kind of help them uh, from that uh, the attack. So I think what Washma just told us shows us that women in the police often aren't very visible to the public. What do you think, Patrick? Well, yeah, I can imagine if they're not very visible, then that might make it harder to normalize the role of women in the police force, right? Yeah, I think so too. And I hope that on that aspect, Oxfam and WPSO can support women to become more visible. Um, but despite all of these challenges, there have definitely been some results and there have been some impacts. I think what has changed for the women that are currently in the police is that there, there is more protection. There are more protection mechanisms. So there are more ways uh, in which women can complain or can raise certain issues uh, related to their position. So certain types of harassment uh, that they can uh, now have uh, sort of like a channel for to to maybe uh, protest or at least raise it with their superiors. I think that uh, 10 years ago was much more difficult. Uh, that still doesn't mean that the harassment is completely gone from the Afghan uh, police force. Right? That is still an issue that we have to tackle. Um, it's, it's still quite widespread. 
which is also uh, why we continue to insist that protection needs to go hand in hand with participation. Washma reflected on this too. For example, women generals. Like we have women who are generals and they are running departments. For example, this uh, female general who just became, became the head of passport uh, department in Kabul, for example. Or we have got, you know, women deputy minister. So for them, the level of protection has been increased, uh, getting them more kind of, uh, you know, security. As we were speaking to Washman Yurit, there were ongoing peace talks in Doha, Qatar, between the Taliban and the Afghan government. While the negotiations bring hope for stability and peace in Afghanistan, there is also fear that a political settlement will lead to more power for the Taliban, and that this might have negative impacts on the progress around women's rights that has been made over the years. I asked Washma how she and her organization are anticipating these developments. So, um, as I said, you know, there's a lot of um, advocacy and campaigning that that's going on. And what we are actually, you know, proposing uh, to the negotiation teams in Doha is that that the Taliban needs to realize that they are, um, you know, dealing with a new uh, country, which is so different from the past 25 years ago when they ruled. And, you know, now we have women in the police, you know, millions of women working as well as women, um, you know, working in different areas in the society. So it's a different society and they need to understand that. And that's why we are doing a lot of, you know, mobilization with other political parties as well, with the, with the government to kind of create that visibility for, for this change that has happened in, in our society. And, and, and at the same time, of course, we also engage with a lot of international partners. Like yesterday, we were, um, you know, in a conversation with the NATO um, civilian ambassador where, you know, a lot of these um, have been shared and have been, you know, so our asks and recommendations have continued, like we will continue raising our voices for this. So in the beginning of the podcast, Lisana, we talked about some movements around the world uh, especially in this year of 2020, that have been questioning the role of police in society. Do you feel like that's also been happening here in the Netherlands? Yes, definitely. I think um, we also have movements addressing police violence, for example, because there have been cases of police violence, for example, against ethnic minorities. Um, and I think also if we look at the percentage of women in the Dutch police or ethnic minorities in the Dutch police, uh, we see that the police force here is also not representative of society. Um, so I do think uh, that this case in Afghanistan can teach us something about the role of police in society across the world. Um, and this is also a question that I asked to Washman Yorit. I think the entry point is very important. For, I mean, what we started as, as, you know, as community policing initiatives, I think communities um, do see the very important roles of community policing. And because they need, you know, crimes to be low, they need, for example, protection for their children crossing the street, protection, for example, for girls going to school, ensuring that, for example, if something happens inside a school, you know, there is first aid available or, or immediate support is available. So the community support part is very much important. And I think, uh, which is the rule of law aspect of it. And I think this is very relevant to any other country or any other community in the world that, for example, as much, it's not just about, uh, you know, national security or military and arms and, and, uh, but of, a, of, a, of a country, but it's also about security of communities. How do 
how safe for communities are, you know. And, and that's where, you know, women play a very important role because of their traditional and emerging roles. Considering that, you know, they have community engagements, they have as mothers and, you know, members of the community. So they have a more of a community engagement role. Jodet mentioned the idea of community policing too. There is not a lot of civil society organizations that are working on this. So a lot of organizations, uh, Afghan civil society organizations, are working, for example, on women's rights, women's economic empowerment. But when it comes to uh, women, women's inclusion in the security sector, you often see that, that organizations are more hesitant. And you even see that within Oxfam, uh, where there's always some sort of like uh, doubt about working too closely with the security sector, because it's always seen as you know uh, the the sector that that has the the, the guns and that is you know uh, partly responsible for violence themselves etc while actually of course the police force in essence at least in the future should be a, a, a civilian force in a way that is is closely working with the the public right which is often called community policing So, Lisana, what are some of the main takeaways for you from these conversations? Well, I think, first of all, um, a takeaway is that we can help make change happen, even in a context like this. But it is a very long and slow process that requires very long-term programming. Um, my second takeaway would be that security sector reform is part of helping citizens feel like they can safely raise their voices. Um, about, for example, their concerns and demands for security and justice by making the police force more legitimate in their eyes. But then again, I think the ideal of community policing that Jorid and Washma spoke about um, and having a truly representative police force has not been realized anywhere in the world yet. A big thank you to our guests today, Washma Froch and Jorid Kaminga. We quickly wanted to note that Jorrit is currently working on a comic book about an Afghan girl that joins the police force. So if you thought this episode was interesting, definitely check it out. It will be released on the Axum Novib website. We also want to give a thanks to Claudette van Rijn and Jenny Vonk. On the next episode, we'll talk about people in Uganda raising their voice on tax justice. This edition of Impact Talk was brought to you by the Impact Measurement and Knowledge Team at Axum Novib. Thank you so much for listening.